Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, welcome back to another solo episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. Thanks for tuning in, for being here. As always, it's a pleasure and an honor for me to share this space and this time with you. And it means a lot to me that you're showing up to dedicate this time to becoming happier and healthier. If you want to support, as always, the absolute best way is by subscribing, leaving a review, or sharing on social media and with the people that you love. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content, so thank you so much in advance. I'm so grateful to be here sharing the tools, practices, and mindset shifts that have helped me and hundreds of women completely transform the relationship they have with their bodies. And many of us may not recognize this connection, but the relationship that we have with our body directly impacts our health, our habits, our relationships, our career, and so much more. And so further, our memories, our pain, our wounds, and our trauma impacts our relationship with our bodies, which indirectly impacts what choices that we make and how we relate to our external world. And so I'm sharing that because today's topic is triggering, it's messy, it's complicated, but it's an important topic to have in relationship to our bodies. And so when I started sharing about my breast explant story, getting my implants out, around the time I got my implants out, which was two years ago, I have been receiving endless messages from hundreds of women all over the world. And what's so powerful is the messages keep coming in. Women who are considering implants, women who are considering explant surgery, and women who are suffering from breast implant illness are reaching out for advice and support and the next steps. What should they be doing? What steps they should be taking? What doctors they should be seeing? How they should be detoxing? There's a lot of questions. And so I feel compelled this week to use this time to talk to you about the hidden dangers of breast implants. And my goal is to address some of the most common questions that I receive in hopes that they will inspire and offer guidance to anyone listening today. So if you currently have breast implants or you're experiencing concerning symptoms, or if you're currently undecided about the explant process or procedure, or if you're detoxing and wondering when you're going to feel better, these are great questions and make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer some different mindset shifts around these topics. And I'm going to answer as many questions as I can in the next 45 minutes based on my personal experience my personal research that I've done, and what I've learned from listening to other women's stories. And if you don't have breast implants or you're not considering getting them, I still encourage you to listen because more than anything, this is about learning how to listen to your body, how getting a second, third, and fourth opinion can save your life, and how to bring awareness to anything foreign in your body, like a medical device or an IUD 
and I understand how these devices may be impacting your greater health and well-being, but so many women don't know that yet. And so it's important for us all to be here to learn and then to go do our own research and to trust our intuition and to take the necessary steps and the guidance that is necessary for us. So please understand my intention today isn't to discredit anyone in the healthcare community or industry or steer you away from making a choice that feels right for you. The sole purpose of this conversation is to bring awareness to hidden issues that impact our health and even affect our ability to thrive and find happiness in our own bodies. Lastly, a quick trigger warning. This podcast often features discussions and I talk about eating disorders and recovery, weight loss, health stats, holistic healing, and the challenges of plastic surgery. And so if any of this content is triggering for you, I encourage you to get support from a medical practitioner or therapist. I always recommend seeing a medical practitioner and therapist because I am not a licensed medical practitioner. So if you are struggling with any of these issues, And this podcast, again, is here only to be a reflection of my own experience, but not to replace medical advice. I'm solely here to reflect and offer suggestions. That's it. And the suggestions are really about mindset shifts to step into a more empowered place, to take action and get medical advice from practitioners who are deeply aware of breast implant illness and the potential repercussions of getting implants. Again, not all women experience BII, but it's important to be aware that it is a possibility. Okay, let's dive in. (laughs) So I'll be honest, every time I think about sharing my story or anytime I talk about breast implant illness, and even before I started this podcast today, my stomach kind of sinks a bit because I know from my experience on social media that controversial topics like this often open this floodgate of opinions, criticisms, and judgments. And I get why. Breast implant illness is a very triggering topic. So whether you're thinking about investing in plants or considering getting yours removed, these are extremely personal decisions. But the reason I'm choosing to talk about it is because I know that often the most uncomfortable conversations are the ones we benefit the most from and the ones that we need to be talking about, specifically because so often we fear the conversation, which Only on the other side of the conversation can we feel more empowered. And so the reason that I found out about BII and why I had the courage to get my implants out and removed was because other women had gone before me who had the courage to share their story, their symptoms, and their healing journey. And so this podcast is intended to create that impact. It's really about the movement, a movement of women coming together to stand together, to be a voice for one another. And that doesn't mean that we project or know what is best for someone else, but it means by sharing our own story and standing empowered to heal physically, emotionally, and mentally and stand together and empowering one another to make the choices that are best for them. It is my hope that it inspires and empowers you potentially if you're here with BII or you're here with questions Once you get those questions answered through listening to your own intuition and taking the right steps, you'll be empowered to also share your story with other women. So I feel this massive responsibility to pay it forward and continue sharing. And regardless of where people may stand on this topic, 
I want to first tell you that I won't be going on for the next 45 minutes about why implants are bad or why they're a bad choice. I'm not going to make you feel bad if you want to get implants. Again, everyone's on their own journey. But what I really want to talk about today is how to honor your body and your intuition. And I want to discuss how to be an advocate for your own health by standing up for yourself and knowing when medical advice doesn't feel in alignment with your truth or what you know to be true about your body. So first, I'm going to share my implant story, and then I'm going to dive into a few mindset shifts that I hope will help you regardless of where you are on your health journey. Even if you don't have implants, I believe these mindset shifts are applicable to anyone going through health challenges. And so my journey with implants began in 2009. And if you listened to my story in episode one, you heard about my time in the modeling industry. I was recruited to model in my teens. And as the years went by, I became more and more disconnected from my body. I was eating and exercising to just stay thin. I was more worried about my appearance and my career in the fashion industry than ever before. And it was really impacting my physical, mental, and emotional well-being. 2009 was an example of this. And so I was in my 20s modeling in New York. And I remember feeling really insecure about my career. And I was worried that my career was coming to an end, which it was. And I had spent several years trying to maintain a very, very small size. And my agents kept telling me that my body was disproportionate. And as I gained weight, my agents made it very clear that my body was even more disproportionate. And so through this dialogue, there was a conclusion that getting implants could change the disproportionate way that my body looked and would allow me to work in other parts of the industry, such as bathing suits, lingerie, and doing more catalog work. And so without much thought, I called home to my father in Michigan. I had him sell my car, and I literally got implants within that month. And I had never really called home for money before. And I remember the immense amount of shame that I had. And looking back, I realized how out of alignment this decision was for me and how this decision was really rooted in fear, not from a place of empowerment. It also felt energetically, now looking back, that it was really from this place of survival, not from a place of thriving or excitement or joy or creativity or inspiration around my career. It was really from a place of survival mindset. And so this is the first mindset I ask you to consider while listening to this podcast. So it's this idea of what decisions have you made or are you considering making in relationship to your body that are energetically coming from that place of survival. And this could look very different from each of us, but I just ask you to consider it and consider if there's any truth in this for you as well. And there might not be, but I just ask you to consider it. So at that time, I was trying so hard to meet an industry standard. And although I was raised in this really holistic environment, I was so focused on extending my career that I didn't even question or think about the consequences of surgery. When I discovered that my implants were the root cause of these symptoms, getting sick years later, I had moments of questioning how I even got to this place and what drove me to making a decision that cost me so much energy, time, and joy in my life in the future. And so I'll talk about my breast implant illness in a bit. But again, I just want to ask you another question. So are you making choices around your body for someone else to approve, like, or love you? And this is what I was doing. I was making a choice for someone else to approve of me, for agents to approve of me, for an industry to approve of me, for cultural recognition, societal recognition. And because every time someone quote unquote approved of my body, I got this hit of worth and self-love. And so I ask you, In this moment, are you seeking approval or trying to manipulate your body for someone else? And again, this isn't about shame. This isn't about making you feel bad. It's just a question to consider. 
And I ask you to notice what shows up for you and notice if there's any truth in this. And again, I ask this from a place of where I was. And so there's no judgment here. I'm only sharing from my own experience. And so I realized years later, after doing this internal work, how I was seeking love and acceptance, like I said before, from agents, bookers, and people in the industry, because I didn't or couldn't witness the love that already existed within me. So I kept seeking a specific energetic type of love that I felt I didn't get growing up. And getting implants was one more step to keep searching for that love outside of myself that really never came from the industry, but only came years later when I finally actually started doing the inner work and recognizing that I am the only source of my own love. And although this was my experience, I know this is not everyone's story. And so I just want to, again, emphasize that I've heard from many women who have felt empowered by plastic surgery. I know there are many breast cancer survivors and mothers who have regained their sense of confidence after experiencing life-changing events to their body. And I think that's amazing. So again, I'm only speaking from my reference point in hope that it will help those needing to hear my specific relationship to my implants. And so now a decade later, I recognize that I made this choice from a place of fear, not self-love. And I also recognize at the time that getting my implants was as easy as just Googling a doctor, going in for surgery, pretty much alone, and then having a friend pick me up after. And I literally remember getting in a car, going home, and shooting a hair ad just four days later with my gauze and stitches still in. It was such an avoidant time in my life. I didn't even process the surgery. I didn't even think about it. And I just went on with my life. And so then fast forward seven years, I was on a week-long vacation in Tulum. And one of the first nights I was there, I woke up in the middle of the night in complete panic. My heart was racing and I was sweating and I was shivering. And I remember the heart palpitations being so intense that I felt I no longer had control over my body. It was like, although I had no idea what was going on, I instantly had this intuition that it was serious. And as someone in holistic health, my first instinct when I got home from the trip was to try to figure out the cause of the symptoms. And so everything I looked at seemed to leave me with even more questions. And the challenging part was my symptoms were worsening. So over the next two years, I developed symptoms of blurred vision, tingling in my hands, joint pain, chest pain, back pain, chronic exhaustion, severe acne, rashes, digestive issues, and severe hair loss. And all of these symptoms felt random and not specific, meaning I couldn't pinpoint them to one particular problem or diagnosis. So if you've ever experienced similar symptoms, even when your body is signaling to you that something's wrong, your mind can tell you that you're crazy. Your mind can tell you that there's nothing wrong and it can tell you to dismiss it. And it can tell you specifically when test results don't lead to conclusive reasons for the suffering that it's all in your head. And so I began to blame my symptoms on diet, stress levels, travel schedules, allergies, or the fact that I just needed to catch up on a bit of sleep. But then days became weeks, weeks became months, and months eventually became two years. And that's when I found myself where I couldn't make it through a day without endless cups of coffee, naps in the afternoon, and nine to 10 hours of sleep on average. Further, during my wedding, I was so embarrassed as I had developed rashes and acne all over my body, and I had to cover myself up with makeup. And I think it wasn't so much that I was embarrassed from the fact that I had to wear makeup on my skin, but it was more that as a health coach, I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then I began to see my face starting to age, like rapidly age. And I felt like despite 
all of the healthy eating and knowing the core components of living a happy, healthy life, I just felt this despair that I couldn't figure it out. So I saw more specialists and demanded more testing. And and none of the specialists at the time understood that my symptoms were all related. So I was basically trying to divide and conquer by addressing each separate symptom with a different doctor. So I saw a dermatologist, had a neck specialist and cardiologist. I saw integrative and functional medicine doctors. I made the rounds to really amazing holistic treatment centers. I spent thousands of dollars, got dozens of tests and kept hearing similar things like you're young and in great health. You have nothing to worry about. It's in your head. Other things such as it might be EMF poisoning. Maybe you should take a break from your screens and your devices. This really sounds emotional and stress-related. But as my symptoms continued, the symptoms actually worsened. So for example, I was having anxiety attacks in the middle of the night, waking up in sweats and further having intense heart palpitations. And so at that point, I knew something was very wrong but I couldn't figure it out and I felt like a failure, so I started to hide. And so whether you're a practitioner or not, I see this story often. When we think we should be able to figure it out, we often go into hiding because we're so embarrassed or shameful or fearful that we want to avoid the truth. And this is really where I want to encourage you with this next mindset shift. So if you can connect to your heart and you can connect to your truth and your intuition that something is off in your body, I encourage you to be an advocate for yourself and don't give up. And further, this energy of shame or regret or fear or avoidance that your body is sick, it doesn't actually strengthen your intuition. It actually suppresses it more into hiding. And so it creates this barrier and this vibrational energy that manifests into more not figuring it out because it reinforces the story that we're crazy. And so the believing that you're crazy then gets validated by the friends, the families, the doctors, your hairstylists, right? Because we're believing that on a subconscious level. And that's the way the mind works. Because if we believe we're crazy, then we seek out that truth based on cognitive bias, which then we witness in reflection from the doctors and the practitioners and our family members and our friends and the people in our life. And so for me, I kept hearing things like, you're just stressed. And then it would validate my fear, my fear response, which is avoid the truth. And yes, part of that could be true that I was stressed because stress impacts the body in very concrete ways. But when we hear that from our doctors, that it's in our head or it's stress, again, I want to reinforce that it is our way out. It makes it easier for us in those moments to ignore what's really going on. And so I even had one doctor who told me that my symptoms sounded like an autoimmune disorder. And I remember him asking, does autoimmune run in your family? And I said, yes. And then he said, oh, well, there's nothing you can really do about it now. Time will tell. And so when I look back on this experience, I think to myself, thank God I didn't listen, right? Thank God I didn't wait or believe that an autoimmune response or disorder was on the horizon. And I actually took the steps to find out the truth instead of just waiting it out. And so further, what was most alarming to me was that I was told several times that it was definitely not related to my breast implants. And so it was like period, no questions, end of story. It was not related to my implants. And so I want to share again that I saw the best doctors and in their defense, breast implant illness is still not a medical diagnosis. Most of these doctors were not trained 
that you can get sick from your implants. Also, there wasn't the awareness, right? Further, when you carry the story of shame that your body is sick and the shame that you don't have all the answers, it's really important to recognize first and through self-awareness, notice the shame and then do whatever embodiment or meditation or mindfulness work to let it go. Because this shame actually blocks your intuition and creates a greater barrier with your higher knowing. Additionally, so often I hear from women who believe that it's all in their head. And I think that this is a cultural statement that we hear so often. And then so many of us take this on as truth. And so when you believe this story that it's all in your head, what happens often is it's reflected back to you and validated by your friends, family members, doctors, your hairstylist, anyone you come in contact with. It is the way the mind works. If you feel bad or shameful or guilty, or you carry a story, specifically this one that it's all in your head, then you actually seek out the evidence of that truth. And so scientists call this cognitive bias. When your mind scans to validate what you believe to be true, and when your external environment is validating what you believe to be true, it makes it harder to connect deeper to your intuition and what your truth is telling you. So your mind is telling you a story, you're seeking it in your external environment, validating what your mind is telling you, and then it's hard to connect to your truth within you that is separate from the mind. This is your intuition, your higher awareness, higher consciousness. And so for me, when I told myself I shouldn't be sick or my symptoms must all be in my head, I would hear back from people in my life, well, you're just stressed, you travel too much. That's what happens when you age. You aren't young anymore. And yes, these could be partially true, but these statements that were reflected back from my mind also supported me in ignoring the inner dialogue and the voice of my own intuition. And it also prevented me from listening to what my body was telling me. So additionally, when we aren't ready to hear the truth, that's another moment where we scan for evidence to avoid having to listen to what your intuition is telling you. And so I even had one doctor who told me that my symptoms sounded like an autoimmune disorder, which runs in my family. And then he said a quote like, well, there's nothing you can really do about it at this time anyway until it becomes more severe and we can properly diagnose. So instead of looking within and hearing the voice that it was my implants, I heard statements like this and disregarded my own truth or further exploration, second opinions, going to other practitioners, getting other advice. And I get why this happens because our intuition can be scary. It often makes us get really uncomfortable and requires us to make big changes. And in this instance, it would require me to take the courage to get my implants out. And so for me, it was confronting and it meant having to let go of my implants, which truthfully I enjoyed having for aesthetical reasons. That's a truth that I will not deny. And I actually enjoyed having them, but I didn't enjoy the repercussions of my ego. And so even as I look back on this entire experience, by ignoring my own intuition for most of that period of time when I was really sick, what still shocks me was that even in the denial, I was still told several times my sickness was definitely not related to my breast implants. And so part of this, I believe, was because I wasn't ready to hear it, like I mentioned before. So I was manifesting circumstances to validate my fears. The other part is that doctors are not properly trained yet or educated around the complications of medical devices or the complications of implants. Breast implant illness is very much a new term. And so, for example, I had an MRI done, which showed my implants were fully intact. And so multiple physicians told me that it would be impossible for them to make me sick. 
And so even though on the MRI, it didn't look like my body was breaking down the implant, once I got the pathology report back post-explant, actually showed that my body truly was breaking down the implant and there were pieces of silicone in the tissue surrounding my implant. And so what I want to share again is I saw the best doctors and in their defense, breast implant was not considered a medical diagnosis at the time. And it's still not. I know there's different communities fighting for it to become a medical diagnosis, but it's still not considered a medical diagnosis. And even though today it's becoming known, it's a huge topic being researched. Now it's heavily covered in the media. Thousands of women are still going to their doctors hearing that their sickness isn't related to their implants. And yet thousands of women are speaking out and talking about how when they got their implants out, they magically felt better. And then over a year or two, their symptoms went away. And so the beauty of this is that through these women speaking out, you can find doctors today that are understanding, doing the research, recognizing there's a problem, looking at the complications of implants and supporting women in properly removing the implants and helping them heal. And so again, I want to point out just because your implants don't show signs of leaking or ruptures, that doesn't mean that you aren't experiencing breast implant illness. And that's something really important to note. And so again, I had my breast implants for almost a decade. They were fully intact and I still got sick. And I still have my implants today in my drawer, proof that they can come out fully intact as well. And another question I get asked quite a bit is what were the type of my implants? So I had the allergen gummy implants. They were silicone gel and they were 250 cc's. But it's important for me to mention that all implants can cause BII. All implants are a foreign device in your body. And so saline implants can be just as harmful because you have often in the old saline implants, faulty valves that allowed body tissue and different fluids and bacteria to enter. And when the implants are faulty, it can cause the colonization of fungal microorganisms inside the implant. And for many women, this includes mold. Further, the water sitting inside the implant, which is in the woman's body, for many years is exposed to different temperatures. And although there are new procedures in place to prevent this from happening, it's important to dive deep into the research into each type of implant and to again, get a doctor that specializes in BII. And today I'm not gonna have time to go through each implant type, but this is where I want to empower you to do your research, find others with similar implants, post in forums, go on Facebook groups, just because your doctor doesn't have the answers doesn't mean that you can't be an investigator. Find a new doctor and a doctor that specializes in BII for all implant types. Because simply put, let's say hypothetically that you were diagnosed with a different type of sickness and you wanted to heal. Think about what your next steps might be. I trust that you would want to find the best doctor who specializes in that specific diagnosis. And that's what's perplexing to me about BII. So often I hear from women that trust the first doctor that has never studied, researched, or worked any other clients with BII. And so that's your first sign to move on to another doctor. If at first they don't believe in BII and they've never done research and they aren't caring for other women with BII, it would make sense, right? That you would move on to someone else who specializes in this specific topic. And that doesn't mean that that's logical in the moment because you want to trust a doctor's opinion. But that's why I'm here telling you and sharing with you my mistakes. And I know with BII to find an expert, it can be really challenging because there aren't many out there. 
but from speaking to so many women who have gone to doctors that aren't aware of BII mistakes, it's important to do your research first before going in so that you really have this awareness of what your doctor specializes and what kind of conversation you're going to be having during that consultation. And additionally, what I've come to understand from the research is that the minute you put an implant in your body, your body is going to do what it does best. It's going to try to protect you. So your body automatically starts to form a capsule around the implant, creating this physical barrier between you and the implant. And the formation of a capsule, which is scar tissue around the implant, is a very normal part of the healing process. But for so many women, their body's defense mechanisms reject the implant by beginning to break it down. And that's because your body knows that it's a foreign object inside of you that doesn't belong there. And so your body has this amazing fighting mechanism. It can break down and fight against foreign objects that are in your body. But the thing to know again is that it doesn't always show up on tests. And that's what happened to me. And so because on paper and on tests, there was nothing wrong with my body. I kept blaming myself. I told myself it was repressed trauma and painful emotions, told myself that I needed to slow down my life and practice more self-care. And so I went in this really dramatic direction where I did more meditation, more breath work, more supplements, B12 shots, glutathione, ozone treatments, IVs, colonics, deep emotional work. I had to up my coffee and up my sleep, but all of this only masked my fears and deep-seated knowledge and knowing that there was something more serious going on. And the thing is, is that the more you mask the problem, the louder your body gets. And so I started to notice as I continued to mask the problem that there was increasing pain under my arms and that all of my symptoms were getting worse. I was in denial for so many months, even though I literally thought I was dying. And my truth at that time was I still didn't want to believe that my implants could be making me sick. At that point, my ego got in the way. And to make matters worse, I suffered in silence because I didn't want anyone to know how bad I felt. I didn't want anyone to know how sick I was. And so I would often sleep during the day so that I could have energy to spend with my husband at night. I kept going, trying to push forward. I continued to take more and more supplements. But I reached a point where I got so tired of pretending that everything was okay. My intuition kept telling me something is wrong again and again and again. And I can't remember exactly the first story I saw about BII, but I know I saw many stories and I know my ego didn't want to hear them. And I know I wasn't even conscious of the time that when I would land on one of these stories, I would just keep scrolling. I didn't want to hear that I needed surgery. I didn't want to hear that I had to take my implants out. I didn't want to hear that I had to give up this part of my identity that was part of my life for a decade. And so my ego and desire to look a certain way was blocking this inner truth and it was blocking even the external truth that was showing up for me. And I'm sharing this because it's a normal reaction and it's not something to beat yourself up about. There is a reason why we put our implants in. And then we have to do the inner work when we get them out by confronting the truth about why we got them to begin with. And further, I'll admit that all of the doctors up until that point was a reflection of my inner truth and inner world and not wanting to have to do the hard work. So if we truly believe, right, that our outer world reflects our inner world, speaking here very much from the law of attraction or manifestation energy, it would make sense that I was attracting doctors and individuals reflecting back to me what I wanted to hear. And I know I referenced this before, but I want to bring it up again because this is what my teacher calls shopping for ego. We shop for the people that we want in our life to give us the answers we want to hear. 
to keep us feeling safe. And this doesn't mean that doctors don't make mistakes or should be held responsible or negligent. I just wasn't willing to stand up for my truth and wasn't ready to get better. And that's my responsibility. That requires radical responsibility. That requires stepping out of victimhood. That requires hearing the truth. And for many months of my life, there was also comfort in my sickness and in the discomfort. There was comfort with having my implants and looking a certain way. And it served me until it didn't, until I was actually ready to open my eyes and hear the truth. And so if this is the one thing you take from this podcast, I'll be so happy. Often we block the very things, the signs, signals, voices, hints that life needs to change because we believe we are safer or what we consider safer in our discomfort because we deem that comfortable than actually making a change and moving through that discomfort to find freedom on the other side. And so when I finally got sick enough, I started paying attention to what other women were sharing. I think it was the story of Hugh Hefner's wife who pushed me into believing without a doubt that it was my implants that made me sick. And from here, I went down the internet rabbit hole and I researched breast implant illness, discovered other women's stories, saw myself mirrored in their symptoms, and I finally felt like all my symptoms and my experiences were valid. And I remember being so sick, but also feeling this massive relief in the acceptance of this truth and the belief that I wasn't crazy. And so even though I was blocking the truth and telling myself I was crazy, there was relief in recognizing that in the acceptance and the surrender to the fact that it potentially and probably was my implants, I knew that freedom existed on the other side of that. And so through this process of acceptance and surrender, I also had to be in the discomfort. I started getting severe anxiety around the thought of invasive surgery. I began to question my ability to go back the way that I used to look. My implants were a security blanket. They had been part of my identity and my self-image. I was deeply attached to them. And although I was so relieved to know that they could be the source of all these symptoms, I still wasn't quite ready to let them go. And I remember in those moments, I was like, I'll just take care of myself. I'll go on deeper detoxes. I'll support my body in other ways. I'll be fine. And so I went to a specialized clinic in Beverly Hills to detox. And for a few several months, they guided me in trying to heal my body through a series of different protocols. But upon returning from a trip to India with a different level of awareness, I deeply wanted to free myself from the illusion that I needed my implants to be happy. And so on this trip, I just woke up to my life, that my life was so much more important. My health, my well-being, my future was so much more important than how I looked. Further at the time, I believe divinity stepped in and I was assigned a new doctor at the clinic. Her name was Dr. Kim. And she really was honest. And she was the first person to actually confront me on the sickness. And she shared with me, she said, you're probably not going to get better. She said, in fact, you're probably going to get worse. She told me, I cannot keep helping you cover up your problem. Like You can keep covering this up over and over again, but until you heal the root cause of it, you're going to remain sick. And she was the first doctor that really had the courage to tell me that I was band-aiding the problem. And I think because she saw me do so many other protocols, this was the last thing that I was up against to really heal my body. And she was the first doctor who recommended walking across the street in Beverly Hills to get my implants out. And further, there was a nurse at the clinic. His name was Hollis. And he spent hours with me while I was in treatment, supporting me emotionally and sharing with me endless stories of women who recovered. And I feel like he was an angel that was sent to me to support me emotionally and 
really empower me to get my life back. Because at that time, although I heard of women in the media and sharing online, to have someone actually in my life who was introducing me to women in the clinic that were going through the same thing was so empowering and, and really changed my life and the direction of the outcome that I saw for myself. And so that was in 2018, February of 2018. And a few months later in May, I explanted with Dr. Kasselith and with the help of Dr. Kim, I started to heal. And so another part of this learning process and another thing that shocked me the most, the thing that still stays with me to this day is that several weeks before my surgery, I stopped taking my supplements as suggested by Dr. Kasselith's team. And so At that time, I literally felt that I was on the brink of death. I've never been so sick. And I realized again, based on this conclusive evidence, was that I was covering up such a severe problem for so long. And so unfortunately, this wasn't the first time I've done this, but it again brings me back to the point that often we're much worse than we believe we are, but we use these things that we deem healthy to keep us going instead of just healing the root problem. And it's something I see a lot in my practice now. For example, one of my clients had a fear of dentists, so she had been avoiding getting her teeth checked for years. But once she finally went in, got her murky fillings removed, and had the support of a functional medicine doctor, she instantly felt better after going through that treatment. And so I've also heard from several women who, myself included, who've experienced severe health complications with IUDs. It's a form of birth control and has been increasingly popular recently, but it's also caused massive complications. And so this list goes on and on, but the point I'm making here is that we all must start listening to our bodies. It's normal in society to grab some Pepto if our stomach hurts, pop a Tylenol if we have a headache, or if we have back pain or cramps, or take a pill if we can't sleep. But we have to ask ourselves, are these symptoms really normal? Is it normal to have stomach pain all the time? Is it normal to have headaches every day? Is it normal not to sleep well at night? Symptoms serve as your body's way of communicating to you that something isn't right. And in functional medicine, the philosophy is in order to heal, you have to get to the root cause. Most of the things that we try are quick fixes to get rid of symptoms, but they don't actually heal the root cause which is why we continue to experience even more symptoms and even more severe health issues for ourselves in the long run because we're band-aiding the problem. Our actual normal of health and well-being gets very skewed when we use these band-aids to cover up and cover up and cover up. And your body is always trying to come back into balance. And it's so important for us to become mindful and come back into our own intuition come back to a space where we can quiet ourselves and listen to the voice of our body. And so masking the symptoms with supplements, over-the-counter drugs, fancy detoxes, superfoods can actually create bigger health issues down the road. And so that's not to say supplements or superfoods can't heal or help you get better. But if you're only using them to mitigate your symptoms, it's not going to, again, get to the root cause. And so I know it takes courage to look under the hood. It's not easy to confront the way that we've been potentially sabotaging or neglecting our health. And it can be scary knowing that on the other side of our symptoms, there's often this life-changing decision that we have to make. So even if you consider yourself a health-conscious person, I share this story because I believe it's all too easy to ignore what our bodies are telling us sometimes. And so even if you don't have breast implants, this still applies. 
I encourage you to make a list of where you need to start getting honest with yourself and symptoms that have been coming forward for quite a while that maybe you've been ignoring. Because often what happens is we stack habits upon habits of self-care because we are subconsciously terrified of confronting the truth. And we've all done it and recognizing it allows us to set ourselves free. And so if you allowed yourself to truly listen to your intuition, what do you think it might reveal to you? And so when I look back on my story, I realized deeply that I didn't need to wait this long to get better. I chose that suffering. And then just like that, I chose one day to let go of the fear and choose my health. And so there's absolutely no shame or judgment in accepting where you are. Just know that the sooner you're willing to look at your relationship with your body, the faster that you can get the healing that you are deeply worthy of. There were parts of my explant surgery, for example, that were both harder and easier than I expected. And I want to share this with you because I think it's really important to hear. The physical aspect of healing was actually a lot less challenging for me than the emotional journey. For me, this process was a complete identity shift. And I kept telling myself things like, doesn't matter, it's superficial, it doesn't define who you are. But after my surgery, I literally felt every emotion that I probably have ever felt in a lifetime. I went from feelings of relief to states of elated happiness, to deep-rooted sorrow, to loss. I fought off anger with forgiveness, loss with acceptance. I had to sit naked in front of a mirror and confront my worthiness. I shut down my social media accounts while trying to heal, to, to really warn off any not being good enough feelings, or I'll never look like that again feelings. I had to confront my self-esteem, my self-worth, my ego. I had to face my own identity. I had to let go of 10 years of my life in a two-hour surgery. I had to go to bed a certain way, knowing that when I woke up, I would no longer have this part of me that actually, in weird ways, kept me safe for a decade. And in those moments, I waited pain, discomfort, and sickness in my body and even my future children's health over my looks. I questioned my intuition over Google results. And even with people I loved, my projections got the best of me. My childhood wounds got the best of me. My fears got the best of me. I wanted so deeply to hear reassurance that love is unconditional and that I was making the right choice and the right decision. I wanted to hear the things that I couldn't tell myself. And so many times during this process, I kept telling myself, they're just implants, it's just plastic, doesn't define you. And I think that was part of the problem. Regardless of what's true for someone else, the emotional roller coaster was true for me and I had to learn how to honor it. And so at a certain point in the midst of all of it, I wept. I wept quite often and I had to make decisions. I had to make decisions that I committed to. And I decided in it that in this pain, it was not the time for me to just breathe through it. It wasn't the time for me to just ignore it or avoid it and just let it go. Now is the time for me to use all the tools in my toolbox and process the emotions and feel the emotions and experience the pain and move through the pain so that it didn't get suppressed again. And I knew that during this process was the time to feel all of it and to be okay not knowing exactly how to show up for myself. It was okay to have a career teaching self-love and self-worth and self-esteem and not know in this moment how to love myself. And because we're taught not to feel, 
We're taught, have surgery, go back to work the next day, give birth, become a super mom, lose someone and be strong enough to just start over. We are taught not to feel, but as humans, we're meant to feel. And there's nothing wrong with us. And if you're listening, there's nothing wrong with you to mourn this process and to feel freedom at the same time. You don't have to pick one or the other. And so I've learned so profoundly that you don't have to choose how you're going to move through this. It's better not to choose. It's better to just be in the process and to allow yourself to feel all of it and then allow yourself to let it go. It took me weeks to let go of the shame around the fact that I coach women on how to love their bodies. And yet I was here (laughs) during the surgery process, struggling with my own inner love and self-confidence. And that's why I'm sharing this with you. Because if you're listening and you're going through this, I had to remember that healing internally, externally, it never ends. Each experience in our life that we go through has the capacity to call us into deeper and greater self-love. And we never know when we're going to have to confront our past or trauma, parts of ourselves that are no longer in alignment with our highest selves. And so I also learned through this process that we often try to bury the past and forget about the past, which often comes up later in life, requiring us to step in and do a deeper level of inner work. It allows us to continue to heal and cultivate deeper levels of joy and happiness. And for me, that was about healing the anger that I allowed myself to stay in a career, to stay in modeling, to get these implants or the fashion industry and damage my body for so many years. I had to forgive myself for that and for the pain that I caused my own body. And I also had to confront that I couldn't keep hiding from my inner world. And so in my own healing process, I utilized a lot of the tools that I use with my own clients. I created intentional space for healing. I honored my own emotions. I shifted insecurities through pattern interruption as they came forward. I rediscovered a really beautiful, empowering relationship with my husband, who was really amazing through this whole process. And I continued to do meditation and mindfulness work and mindfulness practices and using different various forgiveness letters and techniques to to just cultivate the deeper level of self-love and self-worth and self-esteem that I really needed during that time. And so for anyone who's confronting the mental and emotional aspects of their journey, I really encourage you to be intentional about it specifically post-op healing. I found that mental and emotional self-care is just as important as the care that you'll do for the physical body in recovery of surgery. And further, if you haven't gotten surgery yet, maybe you haven't gotten your implants and you're considering it and you're here listening to just understand this process a little bit further, I encourage you to work with a therapist or a life coach and do the self-development work for six to 12 months before getting the implants. What I've seen with so many women is that by doing this inner work first, they actually shift their relationship with their bodies and they no longer desire the implants after doing this work. And again, I'm not here to tell you to get them or not, but I just want to share that as an inspiration, as a bit of encouragement that what you're seeking with the implants might be able to be cultivated and sustained and found through this deeper inner work first. And so that's always my answer for anyone who asks me, should I get implants? It's always do the inner work first. And I'll give you an example of one reason why this is so important. 
So when I started to share publicly that I was going to get my implants out, my heart was breaking over and over as women reached out to me before my surgery, questioning what my husband would think if I got my implants out and if he was okay with it. And at that time, my heart just continued to shatter as I received these comments and questions, wondering if he would stay in the relationship, if he'd still love me, if he was okay with it, if he would still be attracted to me. And I also received dozens of comments from women who said that they could never remove their implants because it was their partner or their spouse or their husband that wanted them and would be disgusted and angry if they got them out. Or they would risk losing their entire career in modeling or the entertainment industry. Or they would feel so unworthy or unlovable or they would never meet the partner of their dreams without having them in. And so I even heard stories of husbands gifting their wife implants as their Christmas presents when she had never even asked or mentioned them. And years later, she was regretting the decision and was concerned about a divorce and what would follow if she explanted. And so my heart hurt so deeply for these women that I had to start speaking out. And although it hurt so much for them, I do understand because this is where I was a decade ago. After years of doing this inner work and self-study, I recognize now that if you want to get your implants out because they don't align with your values or your health or your well-being or because they're making you really sick or because you just don't want them anymore, you have to start being the voice for yourself. And this was a lesson I had to learn and it's a lesson I really support so many women with now in my practice and empowering women to really start making the decisions for them. Because the truth that I've discovered, and I think this is a universal truth, is that if your partner or your spouse or whoever you're in relationship with is not supportive of you getting healthier or not supportive of the choices you want to make with your body, then you are with the wrong person. And that is not a reflection of unconditional love because unconditional love is not defined by implants. Or maybe you're in the wrong career. Or maybe if your worth is being questioned, I encourage you to consider some seriously deep, deep heart-opening self-love work and recognize what's stopping you from stepping into your truth, your truth about your body. And I want to be very clear. I'm sharing this from a place of compassion. I'm sharing this from my truth, knowing this pain, but it's my responsibility to share this. And it's my responsibility if we want to be happy and healthy, we have to take the strides to create a more meaningful, filled life life based on joy and happiness and how we feel in our bodies. And it starts with us looking within and being able and willing to say, my life will be different because I choose to love myself and feel worthy first. And over my years of coaching, one of the best tools that I've discovered for overcoming these challenging emotions and overcoming this disconnect where we feel responsible to look a certain way for someone else is by writing a letter to our own bodies. And as simple as it sounds, it is one of the most rewarding exercises that you can do. And so throughout the course of our lives, we have all done things that we're not proud of, but this is one of the most powerful steps I found to letting whatever we did in the past go. So whether you've neglected your self-care, had a rocky relationship with food and dieting, maybe manifested chronic illness because of lifestyle choices, or had surgical procedures that you aren't proud of, I've found that many times the key to moving forward and finding peace with the past is actually self-forgiveness for the past. And so writing a letter to your body will help you move from being stuck and in this pain 
and in a place of regret or shame or guilt and into a place of empowerment and strength by acknowledging what happened, honoring what happened, learning from the experience of what happened and giving yourself permission to finally let it go. And for this exercise, you don't have to be good at writing. All you have to do is get out a piece of paper and a pen and write dear body. And then without thinking about it, without hesitation, without going back and changing, just completely trust in allowing yourself to write anything that comes up for you. And so when I do this exercise with my clients, I encourage them to go back to this exercise over and over again for six months to a year reflecting on how much their relationship with their body changes as a result of doing this exercise. And another tool that I like to use is mirror work. Mirror work with affirmations can be really powerful. And I know for many women, the act of looking in the mirror can bring up so much insecurity and shame. But I challenge you to start thinking of the mirror and going to the mirror as an empowering tool of love, to love yourself deeply. And after explant surgery, I did a lot of mirror work. So for me, that looked like standing naked in front of a mirror, like I shared before, allowing myself to feel and experience whatever emotions came up. I also used healing affirmations to help me reinforce positive thoughts about my body and to tap into that unconditional love for those perceived flaws, the flaws that we believe to be true because of comparison, because of what we've been taught culturally, because of media. And so further in doing this inner work, it empowered me to stand in my truth in relationship to my body. And I've seen with my clients that doing this work, writing a letter to your body, going through forgiveness, standing in an empowered place where you can find and access the parts of yourself that you love, also means that when you go out into the world, for example, to the doctor, you're going to feel confident in your stance for getting better and standing up for what feels right for you. Because had I done this inner work on my implants, and although I did it on many other areas of my life, had I done it on my implants, when I first started getting sick, I would have been more empowered to go to other doctors until I finally found the one that reflected back to me that it could very well be my implants that were making me sick. I could have been a voice for my own truth. I could have been a voice for that intuition, my higher self that knew my implants were making me sick. But at that time, my ego stood in the way. And so when I finally came into acceptance and surrender, this energy I encourage you to take on, meaning that I accepted that I have to return back to my original body. And so a big part of this entire process for me was the acceptance and surrender piece. And this is an energy I encourage you to take on. It's this acceptance energy, the surrender energy, meaning that you accept that you might have to get your implants out. You might have to go back to the body you had before. You might have to accept that your implants or your medical devices or other things like chemicals or beauty products might be making you sick. And so for me, one of the most powerful steps of this knowing of letting go of the ego, of standing in my intuition was really from an acceptance and surrender energy. And this is an energy that I encourage you to take on. And so often we have to accept certain parts of our life and we have to surrender to the truth that lives on the other side of this acceptance. And so for me, that meant having to accept that I may have to return back to not having implants. I may have to go back to how my original body was. And that might mean having to accept that your implants are making you sick or that other chemicals or beauty products are making you sick. And often once we step into the acceptance and just acknowledge the truth, there is relief that happens when we surrender to this truth and then can move forward from a place of momentum and action and taking the steps to heal. 
And so for me, when I met my surgeon who did my explant surgery, Dr. Casale, I remember having this conversation with her. And in that moment, there was this acknowledgement, this acceptance. I had to accept that my implants were actually making me sick. And it was through her guidance and her truth and her willingness to be a stance for my health and for getting better that I was able to take the right steps with her guidance to get my implants out and then also take these other steps that she suggested. And so I encourage you to get a pathology report done if you are going to have explant surgery. And this is a fantastic way to learn more about BII, about potentially what's causing you to be sick and any other challenges that you're up against. And so what I found out from my pathology report was one, that my body was breaking down the implant. There was silicone and foreign material in my tissue. And then also that I had biofilm surrounding my implant, which was causing inflammation and really creating this heightened state of immune response. And that biofilm was called P-acne. So this was a very, very empowering moment for me to get my pathology report back because it really proved that Again, this wasn't in my head. This was something that actually manifested in a physical sickness. And it was something that through the process that she did of explanting my implants, I was able to recover because of the steps that she took. And so whatever support you're seeking, I highly recommend, like I said before, interviewing your doctors until you find someone you trust and believe in. And whether you're looking for someone to help you with breast implant illness, find a plastic surgeon specializing in explants who believes in your symptoms and in your story. It's really, really important to do this interview process until you find one that can take the entire capsule out and do so and that you trust can do so meticulously. And so I recommend, again, doing this research online. You have to find someone who specializes, like I said before, in BII, who understands how important it is to remove the entire capsule, how important it is to do a pathology report, who specializes in a procedure called N-block procedure, which means as one, which involves leaving the capsule tissue intact on the breast implant and cutting around it without disrupting the capsule or the implant. And so this process is really done to avoid the leaking or the contamination that can lead further to breast implant illness down the road. Because if you leave anything in, then your body can't heal. So you want to make sure that your doctor specializes in block procedure and knows how to do a capsulectomy, which is a surgical procedure that removes the breast implant capsule, which is the scar tissue that's surrounding all of the implants. So again, you want to make sure you're not leaving any of the capsule in. And this could be performed in really many different ways, but it assures again that the capsule and the implant has been removed, which reduces breast implant illness and the symptoms and further complications down the road because you want to get everything out. You want to make sure you get the tissue surrounding the implant. If there's any foreign material like there was with mine, you want to make sure that you're getting the biofilm out. You really want to make sure that you work with someone who knows these specific things to help you heal. Because the last thing you want is to have surgery, to pay all this money, and then to not have the entire capsule removed, and yet your symptoms don't go away. And so Again, I want to empower you, and this gets a bit back into the technical side of things, but I want to empower you to not shy away from doing your research or the fear of doing the research because everything you really need to know beyond even this, which I'm sharing now, is online. It's 
shared by doctors leading this charge or by other women. And it's really important to take the time to dive into this. And through your research, you'll find doctors who specialize in this N-block and capsulectomy procedures. And so a lot of people ask me what was the procedure I had. So I had an in-block procedure with an internal lift and that was over two and a half years ago. And I continue today to detox and rebuild my body, but I am almost back to 100% of how I truly believe I should be feeling. So I would say 95% of my symptoms are mitigated and gone and I've healed from them. And So a lot of women have asked me about what detox protocol I used over the last couple of years and what I truly believe can help someone heal from BII. So my stance on this is is really the same. I share this with any woman who reaches out and all of my clients in my practice. And so I believe everyone's body is different and everyone responds differently to different treatments and your detox protocol will look very different than mine. And with that being said, I really recommend seeking out medically licensed professionals, specifically functional and integrative doctors who understand breast implant illness and can run blood work and labs to test your hormones and test you for heavy metals, mold, and even test your genetics to gain a greater sense of clarity for what's happening in your body. Most doctors will tell you that there aren't any specific tests that you can run to see if you have BII. But I do believe that there are many functional and integrative doctors who can run tests and can make a very conclusive diagnosis that your implants are contributing to inflammation and contributing to autoimmune-like symptoms and the other symptoms that you're having. So thanks to functional medicine testing, I discovered that I had several genetic mutations, which made it very challenging to detox the accumulation of toxins caused by my implants, one specifically being the MTFR gene. Further on a cellular level, pulling heavy metals out of your tissue, out of your brain, out of your body is not easy. I've spent the last year detoxing five heavy metals out of my body and the levels discovered in my body were literally off the charts, I believe all due to my implants. And so I've been very lucky to have had the support through this process and I have had functional and integrative doctors help me. And so there are treatments and options such as rebounding, lymphatic drainage and massage, saunas, dry brushing, hydrotherapy. There are many other ways to detox It's just, it is really important to really recognize what you're up against. And I think testing is one of the best ways to do that. And so I also recognize that, you know, as I share this, I'm speaking from a very privileged place. And that's why I want to honestly get this information out there. I have spent tens of thousands of dollars on surgery plus detoxing. And it's not something that I could have done seven, eight years ago. It's absolutely not. Although I'm not ever going to tell a woman not to get implants, like I shared before, I want to encourage all women to consider the repercussions and to understand what could happen if they do. And so beyond the surgery, you have to get them out at some point or replace them. And then you have the cost of these detox treatments and you have the cost of doctor visits and consults. And not only that, I want to share that this was hundreds of hours of time and multiple years of my life that I lost joy and health and happiness and being able to really live in a place of freedom and not in a place of fear. Plus my implants impacted fertility and getting pregnant and just this overall delay in my life, which, you know, again, I'm not here to discourage, but I am here to make women aware of the truth and what the truth was for me so that they can make the best decision based from this knowledge. 
And I know that these facts can be hard to hear, but I just want to lift the veil for anyone considering implants. And so as I mentioned earlier, my intention is not to talk you out of it. Thousands of women are still getting implants and it's still the number one cosmetic procedure for over a decade in the U.S. Rather, my intention is to empower you with this information to make a well-formed decision for yourself. And I understand that this illness is still emerging. Many doctors are not fully aware of it, but it is my belief that it is their responsibility to become aware and transparent with their patients. And it is my hope that my voice and other women like me will help draw attention to this awareness and to this illness so that women can make the most informed decisions for themselves. And I really hope that doctors stand up and start speaking the truth. Most importantly, disclose when you are about to get your implants, the repercussions or the consequences of the implants so that if you do start to get sick, you can make a decision then to get them out before suffering for several years. But until these doctors start standing up and doing the research and really coming to conclusive truths that these implants are making women sick, it is our responsibility to trust our intuition until we finally get the right answer and feel embodied in our truth. And I want the same for you. And that doesn't matter if you have a head cold or you're having a major surgery. Only you know what you're experiencing in your body. Only you know the right decision or intervention for you. And I want to really, again, empower you to cultivate and honor that inner wisdom. And you do that by trusting you. And I get that part of living in modern day civilization is learning how to trust other people. We've learned how to trust our parents, our guardians, to take care of us, our teachers, to give us important facts. We trust the media for world reports. We trust healthcare providers to give us the right care and advice. We trust our neighbors not to break into our homes at night. We trust our friends to have our backs. We trust post office delivery services to bring our mail. So whether big or small, to some degree, we have this unspoken trust in other people. But at some point, we have to learn how to embody our own truth because we're living in our bodies and we should know what our bodies need. And most often, like I shared at the beginning of this podcast, we're rejecting our truth. And so often the self-trust breakdown happens when we deny our instincts, when they don't align with other people because we fear the disapproval, the rejection, and the embarrassment. And so we learn over time to shut down our own voice and adopt someone else's. And this is especially prevalent when it comes to medical issues. We give our power over to authority who has been trained and has expertise. And we believe that that's the thing we have to do. And I'm not mitigating or neglecting that it's a good thing to seek medical help. But remember that advice is not the end all be all. And instead the advice is a tool to empower you, but you're in the driver's seat. You are the decision maker. And I'm sure your doctor, again, has your best interest at heart. And so do your parents and your friends and your partner probably and your coworkers and everyone else giving you advice. But your doctor is giving you direction based on his or her experience and a particular understanding of what he's been trained in. He or she cannot possibly have the whole picture of what's going on specifically in your body. They aren't in your body 24 hours a day. They aren't in your mind 24 hours a day. So I just want to encourage you, wherever the breakdown in trusting your intuition is happening for you, just know there's a gift and it comes from your heart when you start to listen. It's always available to you, always there, but it gets hidden and ignored when we look at all these external opinions. But by having a practice like meditation, where you quiet your mind, you go within, you connect with your heart, 
you can then cultivate these decisions, build confidence to seek out alternative information, have the courage to do more research, and develop that intuition through witnessing your own awareness so that you can take the right steps for you. Because only you know what's working and what isn't. Only you know what your physical pain is. Only you can understand your health and how it's affecting your daily life. And intuition is about being able to trust your inner guidance to inform your decisions and then get the help that you need. It does not mean sitting back and doing nothing. It does not mean doing nothing with the new information that you've gained. Again, I'm not advocating for not taking medical advice. I'm advocating for you to take a deep breath, slow down, ask questions, get second opinions, do your research, then circle back when you're centered, informed, and grounded. Remember, you are the leader of your health. And I am so grateful and honored that my intuition encouraged me to keep seeking and looking, moving past my ego and taking a stance for my health. And because of that, my health and my life is so different today. And so I deeply encourage you to lean into your guidance. And so before you go, I just ask you to recognize, are you struggling to tune in and hear your inner guidance? And if you are, maybe you need some support on this journey. Maybe you need a community. And so if any of this resonates with you, I invite you to join the Awesome Inside Out Facebook group. It's a private space filled with beautiful hearts coming together to encourage and uplift one another. And for anyone listening who's already part of the group, thank you so much for helping us build such a beautiful community together. And if you have any questions about this, you're welcome to reach out to me. But I want to be clear that while I can hold space for your decisions or your struggle, I'm not a medical practitioner. And so again, I invite you to consult a medical practitioner, a doctor to address specific symptoms and possible health complications. And one more time, I just want to say thank you to all the women who have come forward with their stories of BII, the women who have shared their journeys with me, answered my questions, and who have shared online. The courage to offer up your truth is so inspiring for me and to so many other women on this path of regaining our health. And it's because of other women who deeply stood in their courage that we have been able to believe our own story, our own truth, our own intuition, and heal our symptoms. And so if you're here and you listen to this podcast and it's inspired you or moved you or called you forward, it would mean the world to me if you could share it because that's what this is about. This is about a movement of women coming together to share in our experiences, not to project any of our experiences onto any other women, but to share in hopes that part of our experience could be inspiring and uplifting to other women so that they too can take the necessary steps based on their truth to get the support that they need in order to heal. So if you know someone who is suffering from BII, or if you have women in your community who have breast implants, who have mentioned that they're sick, it would mean the world to me if you could share this podcast with them. As always, you can find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. Drop me a message there if you've been listening to these podcasts. Let me know what's been resonating, what you want to hear more about, how I can support you in becoming happier and healthier. It means the world to me that you're here, that you're showing up for your health, your well-being, for your future. Thank you for spending this time to me. As always, it's an honor and a pleasure. And until next week, I'm sending you so much love. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us 
share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.